Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hecka Becca Show with your host, Becca. And in today's episode, we have another AmeriCorps episode. It's for driving and vehicles. So let's go ahead and dive right in today. So one of the questions that will be asked during the application process is if you plan on being a driver, because if you do, then you need to turn in your driving record and it has to be a clean driving record. So um, I believe you have to have had your license for at least six months in order to have a driving record. Um, That's just kind of like a standard rule. (laughs) So um if you haven't had your license for six months before joining the program, then you cannot drive, which is fine. It's really not that big of a deal if you can't drive. Um, but anyway, so you're going to have to turn in your driving record, which what I did is I just went to my DMV and I said, hey, can I have a copy of my driving record? And they said, yeah, for sure. And they just gave me a paper that had like DMV symbols on it and whatever, but it was pretty much blank. So that means it was a good driving record or a clean driving record, which was nice. And then I just emailed that form into the email um, that is given during the application process. During CTI or um, training, they will have you do driving practice. So even if you are not a driver, you will still participate as a team in this driving practice because the drivers need to have um basically some experience with the whole team in the back and it's a 15 passenger vehicle so it's a van basically and it holds 15 people so it's pretty long and it's a lot longer than a normal car um so that's why they have you do practice beforehand but it's literally just a few hours and you do this course that you drive through and you drive back and you practice parking and all this stuff Um, And those who are not drivers are practicing being a ground guide or a safety. A ground guide is the person who helps the driver park and back up. So anytime that you need to put the vehicle in reverse, you have to have a ground guide who wears this orange vest. Um, It's a safety vest. So you have to have this ground guide help you. Otherwise, you'll be fined $100. And they take this very, very seriously. So if somebody, even on campus, where you're like in a random parking lot and nobody else is pulling through, you have to have somebody helping and guide you back up. So that's called a ground guide. Um, Also, not just for backing up, but when you're parking too, I mean, you can like pull into a parking spot, but if you're trying to correct your parking spot or if you're pretty tight, try to have a ground guide just to help you because the vehicle is pretty large and you do not want any accidents. The safety is the passenger who um, sits in the front seat and they handle the music and um, any requests from people in the back to the driver. They handle the air, um, you know, basically changing any dials, that sort of thing, because the driver has to have two hands on the wheel Um, and basically paying attention to driving the whole time. They can't be distracted with moving things around or if somebody's like, hey, can you turn the air up? It's hot back here. Or, hey, um, can you roll this window down or whatever? They can't be doing that. Um, So the driver has to stay focused. So the safety is kind of that middle person who's responsible for communicating between 
um, you know, the passengers and the driver, and they kind of just monitor the driver, not like super intense, but you know, okay, hey, you're going a little more than 65, can you slow down? Um, you know, or hey, watch out for this. And so they're just kind of the extra eyes and ears for the driver. And even if you are not a driver, um, or even if you are a driver, you will be a safety. So at one point, everybody on your team is going to be a driver or a safety. Um, it's just part of being part of the team. So every team is given um, one of those team vans, so a 15-passenger van. Um, the type of van varies. So we had a Chevy, um, and then there was a couple teams that had a Ford. Um, the Fords had individual seats in them. So like you had a seat and then a seat belt, and that was like your seat. The Chevys was more of a bench-style seating, so you could fit three people to a bench, um, but it did get a little crowded sometimes in the van. So you just have to really kind of stay open-minded and be, you know, okay with sitting right next to somebody. You're not going to have your personal space when you are in the vans. That's just not how it works. So make sure you keep that in mind. I mentioned it a little bit, but there is a rule that you cannot go over 65 miles per hour. So even if the speed limit is, let's say, 75 on a highway, um, you have to only go 65. That's the highest that you're able to go. Um, that's just kind of one of the rules they had. So before they do the driving um training course and whatever, they also have a presentation beforehand and they talk about why they have all of these rules. And a lot of it is because previous classes had accidents um, and they just really want to try to keep safety in everybody's mind um, and just really make sure that everybody can get from one project to another safely, um, you know, and not have any accidents for the year. So with this van, that you are given, your team van, um, there may be times that you will not be able to see out of the back, so like looking in your rear view mirror, um, just because they do have a lot of stuff that is packed into the vans, and you could pack it to the very top of the van, um, which then that means you can't see out the back. So you have to get familiar with driving with your mirrors, and if you are not used to that, it can get very tricky. I fortunately was very used to driving with my side mirrors, um, so just kind of something else to note. And on top of that too, so not everybody is required to be a driver. It's totally based off your comfort level. So even if you've been driving for, let's say, five years or whatever, um, and you can drive, but you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. Because when you aren't confident behind the wheel, you're going to make everybody else not feel confident in you as a driver, and that's just not okay. So always put safety at the forefront of your mind, and um, you know if you're not comfortable driving, don't do it. It's totally okay. However, all team leaders have to be drivers. Um, team leaders are given the same type of training and everything before the core members get there. So they have their own version of the van training um, with the ground guys and the safeties and the whole thing. Um, and it's just between the team leaders. But yes, team leaders are expected to drive because it's just part of their job. So if you don't feel comfortable driving, 
probably should not be a team leader because you will use this van to go to team activities, to you're traveling across the country in these vans. Like driving is a huge part of this program. Um, whether you're behind the wheel, you're a safety, you're a passenger, like being in the car is a huge part of the program. And one of the most, I'd say, team bonding activities that you have, (laughs) um, that you happen to have, um, it could be team bonding, right? A lot of times people just have their headphones in and they're like kind of tuning everybody out. But for the most part, you are going to be in the van for majority of your service year. So get comfortable with it. And sometimes the campus will move people if they don't have enough drivers. So let's say that there's one team who only has two drivers. They need to have at least four. So they're going to move two people from other teams to join that team to be drivers and kind of do that little switch around um, musical chairs moment. So just kind of keep that in mind that sometimes when people are moved around, it literally can just be because they need an extra driver really has nothing to do with you. It's not personality clashes. It's not because you're not a good worker. It could just be that they need an extra driver and that team didn't have enough. So just kind of keep that in mind. And all drivers are rated at the end of the program. So, um, or at the end of the each round. So if you are given enough bad reviews, you will take, have your driving privileges taken from you. So just kind of keep that in mind that, you're not only responsible for your safety, but you're responsible for your team's safety. And if they don't feel comfortable with you behind the wheel, um, you know, it's kind of hard not to take it personal, but just know that it's because they, they want to feel safe. And for whatever reason, they may not feel safe with you behind the wheel. And that's fine, but try to be a little more proactive in your driving skills and realize, okay, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm not going to do it anymore or something like that because, you know, other people will tell you like, hey, you kind of suck. Like maybe you shouldn't be driving. Um, But some people are a little scared too. So that's kind of why they do the driving reviews is because it's anonymous. So you can submit it and say, hey, look, so-and-so, you know, honestly, they are not a good driver. They did run a red light or they did do this. And I just did not feel comfortable with them behind the wheel. And so the team leader will have a conversation with that person and remove their driving privileges. So in addition to the 15 passenger van, your team may also be given a cargo truck. It really just depends on the project and if the sponsor has requested it. So very fortunate for my team, we had a cargo van every single round, or I'm sorry, a cargo truck every single round. So what that meant is we had the team van, and then we also had a truck with it. Um, That just meant that we had some extra room when packing, and, you know, a lot of our job sites were split. So that meant that one one half of the team was going to go to one site, and the other half was going to go to another, so we did need two vehicles. However, (laughs) and this is just a little story, so for the second round, um, it was a split round. So we were in Arkansas and then we were supposed to be going to a national park in Texas. Um, before, you know, when we were packing everything up and getting all our supplies ready before we headed out, they told us that we were not give, not going to be given a cargo truck. And we were like, what? 
Like, are you serious? Because, I mean, normally, okay, yeah, that's part of the program, but for this round specifically, we were supposed to be bringing tents and cots and chainsaw equipment and on top of our red bags and, you know, all of this stuff. So we were like, are you serious? Like, what? Like, we have all of this equipment. How are you not going to give us a cargo truck? Like, it's literally impossible to fit everything in there. And it, you know, somehow we were able to convince them that, yes, we needed it. I think we had a couple people from the team try to put all the supplies in the car, in the um, van and show them, hey, we cannot put all of this stuff in here. Like it, it literally does not fit. It's just impossible to fit it. So they kind of worked their magic, got us a cargo truck, and we were able to take both vehicles. But we ended up not using a lot of that equipment because the project that was in Texas um, ended up not going through and we had a different project in Texas where we didn't need the tents and the cots and the whole thing. So <laughs> we ended up not needing it but they don't need to know that. (laughs) Um, But no, at the time we really did because it was so much stuff that we were bringing with us. And, you know, even though that project got canceled and we didn't need all all that stuff, we still had to bring it with us to the next destination because we weren't going back to campus. So we were honestly just like driving around with a bunch of tents and cots and chainsaw equipment in the back of the car, <laughs> which was kind of chaotic, but it all worked out. And um, so, yeah, they, we were very fortunate that we were given a truck um, for all of our rounds. So that way we also had some room too when we were traveling. Most people were able to kind of spread out a little bit more. It wasn't like three to a seat. It was more like two to a seat or one to a seat, um, that sort of thing. So we were very, very fortunate that we got that truck because a lot of teams did not. And they only had the van, so they had to go do activities together in that van. They couldn't spread out a little bit and, you know, so-and-so go here and -and so-and-so go there. Like they were always together in that van. Um, so we were fortunate that we had a little more space because of the cargo truck. Okay. So another rule I forgot to mention, but it is very, very important is if you are of drinking age and you are, you know, deciding to partake in drinking during the program, you cannot drive or be a safety for 24 hours after you have that drink. So let's say you go out on a Friday night at 6 p.m., and you drink until 10 p.m. You cannot drive again or be a safety until 10 p.m. Saturday night. So that means the whole day Saturday, you cannot drive or be a safety, which isn't too big of a deal. But if your team is going somewhere or, you know, has plans or wants to do something or even you want to do something and only one other person can go with you, and you can't because you can't drive or be a safety, just kind of keep that in mind when you're drinking. So I talked about this before, but I kind of decided to not drink when I was in the program. And one of the big things that led that led me to do that was because of the this rule of driving, because I was one of the drivers. And yeah, we had a couple other drivers, but I was one of those like go-to drivers who a lot of people would 
um, ask me to take them somewhere if they, you know, need to go get prescriptions or needed to go get something from the store or whatever. I was one of those go-to people. And um, if I was drinking, you know, I wouldn't really be able to be that person for the team. So I kind of just decided it was best if I didn't do that. And that way I was able to be more available for driving um, around with my team. So when you have multiple drivers on your team, um, you know, you can drive kind of whenever you want to. Um, It's not like required that you have to drive a certain amount of hours, but, um, you know, to kind of keep everything fair, you do want to step up and drive almost in a rotation. So let's say you have four drivers on the team, you know, know that you're going to drive probably once, maybe twice a week. Um, And that's something that we did is we kind of had, okay, if you're going to drive, you're going to be the driver for the day. Because what we were getting into um, was the issue of people who were not kind of stepping up to drive. And so the same, like two people were driving every day. Um, So we eventually created a schedule and, um, you know, it kind of worked for everybody that, okay, this person is always going to drive every Tuesday and this person is going to safety Um, you know, do like a safety rotation type of thing. So it just kind of worked for our team. I'm not really sure how the other teams did it. I honestly don't think that they had as many drivers as we did. But at the same time, we also had two vehicles. So a lot of times when we would split projects, we had to make sure that there was two drivers um, in that vehicle and one on this vehicle or, you know, just kind of do a lot of maneuvering. Um, when it came to drivers and driving and the schedule and all of that, um, you know, so eventually we just found what worked for our team. But for the most part, you know, if you just step up every once in a while and you're like, hey, yeah, I'm going to drive today, like just take that responsibility, make sure you have a clear head, make sure that you are capable of driving and um, go for it. Um, Speaking of when you can use the vehicles, so you can really only use the vehicles for AmeriCorps related things or um, if you do have a personal thing it has to kind of be like a medical thing or you know you really need something from the store that can't wait Um, just kind of that thing but for the most part it has to be AmeriCorps related things so you can't use the vehicle to go and you know drop yourself off downtown and have a good night you know whatever um because they do keep a mileage log and you have to put the location that you're going to um just so they know where the van is going and these vans well the program in general it is um a taxpayer funded program so you know taxpayers are paying for this stuff and if you're just kind of like driving around randomly you know why are you doing that you're wasting money So that's just kind of how they see it. So if you do decide to go somewhere, um, usually you have to keep every trip under 25 miles. Um, You can go over if you have unit leader approval, and then you can go over um, 100 miles if you have the regional director approval. So for example, um, you know, we were in Colorado for one of our projects and we were like maybe an hour and a half from the Rockies. So we were like, hey, we really want to go to the Rockies. We're going to do a hike and we're going to do some team bonding and it's going to be really great. So they approved us to go. But you have to get that approval ahead of time. Um, Otherwise, you get in big trouble. 
if they realize that the driving log is off or if you are messing with the numbers or that sort of thing, like they really do pay attention to that. So that's just kind of one of those things to keep in mind that these vehicles are meant for team use, AmeriCorps use. If you want to do your own personal thing, you'll have to take Uber, Lyft, public transportation, that sort of thing. And on the big travel days, so um, I kind of talked about this in the paperwork episode, but um, on travel days when you're going from one project to another or from campus to a project, that sort of thing, um, and you create a driving schedule, you create it so the driver and the safety have to stop after two hours. So every two hours, um, the driver and safety need a break. So And then they can't drive again until the next two-hour break um, happens. So, for example, let's say me and Safety One are driving and we drive for two hours, then we stop. Then driver number two and Safety number two get in the car and, you know, they're driving. I can't drive again until Safety, till driver and Safety two stop then I get in the car and it's kind of this back and forth thing. So that's just something to note. And when you have two vehicles like we did, you have to do that twice. (laughs) So you have to kind of be really um, conscious of, you know, how many drivers you have, who's safetying, who's not, and kind of really work out that schedule um, to satisfy that two-hour stopping requirement. And again, it's just kind of a safety thing. So overall, um, you know, driving with AmeriCorps, there's a lot of rules. It's a lot of responsibility, um, but it's really nice to kind of step up and be that leader for your team because you are helping the team a lot because you are in the vehicles all the time. You know, you're trying to get from one place to another, um, getting to one project to another, that sort of thing. But safety is absolutely 100% the most important thing. And make sure that you are being safe. Um, You are responsible for other people's lives at the end of the day when you are a driver. Um, So just really, really focus on that. And, you know, it it is a privilege to drive. It's not a right. So just kind of keep that in mind that this is something that's very, very important. And it's not something to be taken lightly. Um... You know, and if you you can't drive for whatever reason, that's okay too. Just make sure that you are being a really good safety. Um, you're helping out the drivers as much as possible. You're stepping up for your team and, you know, um, really taking that role seriously. So I think sometimes you can get a little comfortable behind the wheel. Um, you know, just kind of keep it in mind that you have nine, ten other lives that you're responsible for in that moment as a driver. Um, but it's also you know, just a really good leadership moment as well. And that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you learned a little bit more about the importance of driving and um, the vehicle use and all of that with AmeriCorps. If you have any questions uh, in regards to AmeriCorps or this episode or anything like that, please let me know. You can send an email to Show at gmail.com. And thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I will catch you in the next one. Take care.